Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host, Chris Caraggio. Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. I'm your host, Chris Caraggio, and today's episode is brought to you by Kindred. It's estimated that 20% of all COVID-19 survivors will need rehabilitation. Leveraging a partner who specializes in rehab has become a beneficial strategy for hospitals during this time, especially those in rural communities. To learn how Kindred can help your hospital provide the best possible care for patients recovering from COVID-19 and other medically complex conditions, visit kindredrehab.com. Our guest today is Jim Kendrick, President and CEO of CHC, Community Hospital Corporation. Jim brings more than 20 years of executive experience in not-for-profit and for-profit healthcare to the CHC team, who are dedicated to advancing community-owned hospitals. Now, prior to CHC, Jim served with the affiliates of Community Health Systems for several years, including CEO of Alliance Health Oklahoma and Longview Regional Medical Center in Texas, and as Chief Operating Officer for Wesley Medical Center of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He is recognized for leading operational efficiency and hospital program growth while continuously improving patient satisfaction, physician allegiance, and hospital reputation. Now, during his tenure, Longview Regional Medical Center, the hospital was named to Modern Healthcare's magazine's best places to work in healthcare. Active professionally and locally, Jim received the Boy Scouts of America Distinguished Citizen Good Turn Award in 2014, also served as chairman of the Longview Texas Chamber of Commerce and as board member of the Longview Economic Development Corporation. In 2010, he was named Modern Healthcare's Up and Comers. Jim earned his master's in healthcare administration from Trinity University San Antonio, was an administrative resident for Hillcrest Medical Center Tulsa, and earned his Bachelor of Arts in Business Administration from the University of Texas Permian Basin, Odessa. He is certified as a delegate of the American Hospital Association and is a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. That's why we're honored to have Jim as our guest today. Jim Kendrick, welcome in to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. You got it. Okay, let's start. We meant, you know, I, I said CHC a lot in your bio. Can you just tell us a little bit, Jim, about what CHC does and I guess the mission, how you guys achieve the mission of community hospitals and healthcare providers? I'd be happy to. Uh, community Hospital Corporation has been around for 25 years. And from our beginning, we only exist to help community hospitals put themselves in a position to be able to sustain healthcare in their communities, to be able to provide healthcare services without having to be forced into making decisions that they don't wanna make for their community. The company was formed 25 years ago by a group of 13 not-for-profit healthcare organizations in Texas that wanted hospitals that were faced with foreclosure, faced with having to sell, faced with having to merge. They wanted them to be able to have someone to help them through processes like that so they could end up in the best position for providing care in their community. Over our 25 years of existence, uh, that mission still drives almost everything that we do. Uh, our company's pretty complex. We do quite a few things, but at the end of the day, we're still all about trying to make sure we're sustaining healthcare in rural communities. That's probably one of the most uh, beneficial things about the role is I get to be part of helping communities sustain healthcare. It's a very rewarding position and the company really 
lives its mission on a daily basis. Currently, we, we manage or own or operate about 26 hospitals across the country, and that comes in a variety of vehicles. Uh, we have some LTACs that we own and manage. We have some LTACs that we just manage. We have hospitals that we own. We have hospitals that we manage. We do consulting. We have our own GPO product, which is really repackaging of the Health Trust product as a shared partner to bring healthcare savings in a GPO format to small rural communities that they typically can't get access to. So we have a, a variety of different services, but again, at the end of the day, they're about positioning small rural hospitals um, out in the country to be able to be positioned to sustain healthcare for their community. Such an essential thing to do. So CHC uh, doing it day in and day out with all those hospitals, like Jim mentioned. Hey, Jim, you know, we wanted to talk about, you know, whether we're talking about rural hospitals or, or urban hospitals here, here in this country, obviously, everybody's facing the challenges related to COVID-19. Everybody knows that. However, let's go back. Let's kind of go prior to the pandemic, because I know there were some structural issues that were particular to community and rural hospitals uh, before all this started, some, some key strategies that, that you guys kind of laid out. And these all haven't gone away. Just, you know, COVID-19 has just taken, uh, as it should, taken precedence. But, but what are a few of those prior issues and, and how, how have maybe COVID and everything that's come along with it accelerated uh, maybe troubleshooting those issues? Well, some of the challenges have actually been harmed and helped in a variety of ways. And I'll try to cover a little bit of that. But, you know, one of the keys to rural health care is providing access to care. And access to care comes in the form of having access to physicians, having the appropriate staff that you need to operate a facility. And that's been always been one of the challenges for rural facilities, being able to get physicians to want to live in those communities or provide services in those communities. At the same time, maintaining appropriate staff for your facilities with nursing, um, support staff, um, therapy staff, laboratory staff. And many times, you know, you can make a better income for you and your family going to a larger metropolitan area, being a traveler nurse, uh, being an agency nurse. So attracting that talent to the rural communities is one of the big challenges and maintaining that care delivery in the community is essential to have those good quality providers. Now, ironically, one of the things that COVID has done is it's opened up the door for loosening some of the regulations and the rules around telemedicine. So it may not be a physician living in the community, but we can bring telemedicine services by bringing a physician in for consults and things of that nature. And the pandemic has caused more people to access telemedicine for the first time, and they're getting comfortable with it. They're, they're willing to see a doctor by, via computer, via phone, and that will bring some services into a rural community. And if we can find ways to structure those relationships with the doctors, they can be utilizing that local facility for ancillary services, ancillary support to get some of the testing results they may need to be able to answer the questions. So ironically, the challenge of getting the resources to the community has been a little bit difficult, but at the same time, it's opened up the door for new pathways and innovation to find ways to work with doctors and bring services to a community. It kind of carries over also into the staffing arena. 
you know, a lot of staff um, have decided that they don't want to travel uh, during these times. They don't want to be out. They don't want to be on the road an hour getting to work. So we've, we've seen some staff that used to travel to the larger metropolitan areas choose to stay home um, in their local market. And we're picking up some of those staff in the local market as well. Yeah, we're certainly in a new world when it comes to things like telehealth and, 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 and different staffing issues when it comes to being in person or being uh, on location. Uh, folks, just a reminder uh, to all everybody listening today, today's episode is brought to you by Kindred. It's estimated that 20% of all COVID-19 survivors will need rehabilitation. Leveraging a partner who specializes in rehab has become a beneficial strategy for hospitals during this time, especially those in rural communities. To learn how Kindred can help your hospital provide the best possible care for patients recovering from COVID-19 and other medically complex conditions, visit kindredrehab.com. Hey, Jim, one thing that we have seen from this pandemic, um, from healthcare organizations all around, all, all across the nation, is innovation. And you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit in your prior answer, but what innovations have, have been the driving maybe force and the response, the response uh, at CHC uh, among your clients that you have seen? If you can just list a few. Sure, I'll give an example of a transaction we recently completed uh, we were working with a hospital in Huntsville, Texas. Um, that hospital was going through bankruptcy and was at very high risk of closure. Uh, we actually closed the transaction on February 28th, and that was an innovative, unique partnership that we put together. What we did is we uh, saw a hospital that was looking at closure, um, was going through bankruptcy, but it had a district um, that operated or owned the facility and they didn't want to lose their hospital for their community. Uh, so they had reached out to us and we ultimately put together a partnership where we formed a new entity um, with a Part A member and a Part B member, the Part A member being CHC and the Part B member being the um, Huntsville Hospital District. And that new entity bought the hospital out of bankruptcy. Um, and the reality is, if we had not been able to get that deal put together, that hospital would be closed today. It wouldn't be restructured. It wouldn't be under new management. The doors would be closed. But because we were able to do that, because we were able to get that partnership put together with the district, buy it out of bankruptcy, going through the pandemic, there's actually been a unique set of circumstances that have positioned that hospital to be very sustainable and very successful long term. As we sit here today, literally less than six months later, it is probably stronger as a hospital operationally than it ever has been. I'm not talking about has been in the last couple of years. I'm talking about ever has been. Uh, and again, that's a unique set of circumstances that have caused that to happen with the pandemic and all of the activity associated with that. But also those unique circumstances are the fact that there were a lot of people needing care in that community and they're able to get that care at that hospital. And had we not been able to get that deal done, that hospital would not be there. But again, it falls in that same type of approach of we've got to find ways to be innovative. We've got to find ways to bring new services to the communities. We've got to find ways to keep as many of the dollars supporting the healthcare system in these rural communities as possible. And, you know, we find ways to do that through advancing technology. Telemedicine is a good key example, uh, as we were speaking to earlier, finding ways to bring services to patients so that they don't have to have greater exposure of traveling or greater expense of having to go to other communities. At the end of the day, they may end up still having to do that to some degree, but they can get a large portion of that done 
with far fewer visits out of town by working through new technology advancements, new uh, reimbursement opportunities. That's another issue that's often faced rural hospitals is the ability to get fair reimbursement. Many times organizations that are on the insurance side of the equation don't necessarily put together contracts that pay as well for a rural area as they do a large metropolitan area. So it makes it much harder for those hospitals to be sustainable with the lower margin that they're able to generate off of those managed care contracts. That's just a couple that come to mind. Yeah, it, I guess it's a silver lining uh, coming out of all this is the innovation and the ability for, for organizations, whether it's healthcare or not, to, to pivot and find different ways uh, to do different things. And so, and, and post-pandemic, I, like you mentioned, I know a lot of those, uh, a lot of those techniques, those newer techniques are going are gonna to be maybe the normal techniques. And one of those we've mentioned quite a few times, you've mentioned quite a few times here during this, uh, this, this interview is that telemedicine, telehealth, if you will. Um, everybody, you know, people know about it now it, across the country. Actually, in the most recent issue of Healthcare Executive Magazine, one of the feature articles is about narrowing the digital divide as technology starts to become obviously a larger part of care delivery. How do we ensure though that the vulnerable populations aren't you know left left out left on the outside looking in so that's a question and i know you mentioned it earlier but if you can speak a little bit more specifically if you can jim about telehealth and telemedicine and and making it available to everybody no matter their income or zip code well one of the things that sometimes rural communities face is the ability to have the technology that they can access i.e. bandwidth, um, the ability to have the technology to be able to hook up to a telemedicine and have a strong enough signal to be able to have an appropriate consult with the physician. I mean, so there are programs out there uh, like USAC. That's another program that our company offers to help rural communities. But USAC, if you were to look at your cell phone bill, there's going to be a line item on everyone's cell phone bill that talks about USAC. That is a tax that's on the cell phone bill utilization that puts dollars out there to go out and build the telecommunication infrastructure for rural America. So we access those type of funds. We help hospitals access those type of funds. So they'll have the platform to try to build on and utilize those services in those rural communities. Many times in the past, you may have the technology, you may have the platform, but you didn't have the bandwidth to be able to appropriately make it work. Um, so those type of issues are essential to being able to make that structure work. And also just the willingness to change the mindset. You know, over this pandemic, there have been hundreds of thousands of people that have had telemedicine visits that have never had one before. So now they're willing to have that visit and they see that it works. They see that they're comfortable with it, but that's just that step that gets those people in the door. The reality where the, the big growth will be is in the specialty type care. Now you won't ever have a specialty procedure by telemedicine, but you may have a specialty consult that gets you the answers you need to know the next steps you need to take. So uh, the, those, Access to those resources in those rural communities are essential, and then the willingness for the community to adopt and accept the new changing delivery of care models that may be out there. And again, technology will continue to drive that and advance that in the, in the communities we serve. I think, thanks, Jim. I think you, you answered that uh, perfectly. Uh, very insightful on the uh, topic of telemedicine. Um, let, let's ask, we always kind of ask this towards the end. Um, 
you're a member and a fellow of ACHE. Can you kind of just briefly tell us what that has meant to your career? You know, ACHE is an amazing organization. And one of the things that people need to understand is the value of networking. Um, you know, many times today I'm working on projects and utilizing relationships that I've built over the last, you know, 25 years. And many of those were built through relationships through ACHE, working with other peers and professionals, going to conferences, learning about new things, new innovations, hearing about things. You know, we were talking about telemedicine 10 years ago at ACHE Congress in Chicago, uh, but watching it evolve, learning how other people have made it work. So the networking piece, uh, the continuing education piece, is a significant value. You know, if you're a physician, you take continuing education every year. Well, if you're in the healthcare executive role, you need that same type of continuing education because you get lost in your own world of daily activities, but take that opportunity to get that annual education in new areas that you may not have had time to work on your personally, but you can learn from other people. So the networking, uh, the continuing education, and uh, just the strong history of an organization that wants to further positive advancements in healthcare in the United States. Definitely. I, I knew you'd say the word networking. I think you said it in the very you know, first couple of words in that answer, because that's what ACHE, uh, almost everyone who, who mentions um, uh, being a member or being a fellow uh, holds that near and dear, the ability to network. And here during this pandemic, since we didn't have Congress, you know, doing it like we're doing it right now, um, and like telemedicine is, you know, a different way to pivot and shift, but to continue to find ways to accomplish things. And, and certainly networking uh, is so vital. And uh, ACHE is at the top of the list for all of that. Uh, Jim, I want to thank you for taking some time out and, and uh, explaining uh, CHC and what the impact and what it does and, and where we are with the pandemic and, and all that. Uh, before we say goodbye, though, today's episode was brought to you by Kindred. It is estimated that 20% of all COVID-19 survivors will need rehabilitation. Leveraging a partner who specializes in rehab has become a beneficial strategy for hospitals during this time, especially those in rural communities. Now, to learn how Kindred can help your hospital provide the best possible care for patients recovering from COVID-19 and other medically complex conditions, just visit kindredrehab.com. Jim Kendrick, we appreciate you being here on the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. And folks, we'll see you next time. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ache.org.